0: There's four rules you need to Execute the plan, expect the plan to walk around, and throw away the plan. all life you know stopping every molecule in body. What do you mean, bad? Make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw it. Hello, friends and enemies. This is QTS, episode number 013. I am your host, the voice in your ears. The weather today. 38 degrees Fahrenheit means it's 4 degrees Celsius. As I look out the window, the day star is shining brightly. The sky is blue. Not very many clouds. As I look at the trees, I see that they are still, which leads me to infer that there is not much wind today. My emotional weather, what's that? Well, I think that it is the kind of uh, temperature and feel that you would experience if you were in a neon-lit cyberpunk city at about 8.48 p.m. Hopefully that tracks for you. You know what that means. If not, well, you need to immerse yourself in some more cyberpunk films and literature and things like that, then maybe you'll understand. Having said that, let's move on. The top of this podcast, I said, Hello, friends and enemies. That is my gender non specific way of greeting a group of people. I like that a lot. That's not my own invention. I heard that. I saw it on a meme somewhere. Hello, friends and enemies. The meme had a picture of Mr. Rogers wearing his sweater, putting on his shoes like he did at the start of his children's show. And it said, Hello, friends and enemies. And I thought that was a very funny thing. And I thought, yeah, that's a very good example of gender non specific ways of greeting a group of people which is a little bit novel, a little bit unexpected perhaps. And I thought I'd adopt that, take it for my own. This is one of the things that the internet is good for. Finding things like that and deciding I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it, put it in my pocket, pull it out at a different point in time, when it can be useful to me in my life. Now, you might be asking yourself, you know, why would enemies be listening to this podcast? It's not an absurd question. Makes sense to me. And maybe you weren't thinking it. But now, since I've said that, I'm sure that you are. And so I'm going to answer that question. You know, friends, friends listen to what the podcasts we make. They follow the things that we do because they are our friends, right? and they want to be able to keep up with uh what's going on in our lives so that when they see us out and about at the place where they see us they can be the kind of friend who checks up on you and says, "Oh yeah, hey, I was listening to your podcast and I uh, noticed that you talked about memes. I have a great meme for you, man." And they'll pull out their phone and show you a meme. You know, it's a, this is what friends do. They keep up and then they follow the social protocols of friendship. They tell you that they know what's going on in your life. They try to participate in some way, which is, you know, somewhat, I guess, meaningful, but not super meaningful. Probably. They just demonstrate that they, uh, they know what's going on with you. That's how friends work. Enemies though. Why would an enemy listening be listening to a podcast? Well, I don't know what kind of enemies you have, but the enemies that I have, I like to think that they are the sort of enemy that would really want to keep up with what I've got going on. I don't know if you can hear this right now or not, but uh, I have, I'm have i in my studio slash office. My door is open, and I have one of my kids at home right now. He is very, very busily working on something. We went to this store and you could buy these fake dinosaur egg things that are made of this somewhat uh, sticky, porous material. And, and they come with tools and he can use those tools to kind of like break the eggs apart. And when he if he does this, he'll find that there's a small plastic dinosaur inside those eggs. And let me tell you, he is in heaven doing this. He loves this. This is something that he's been really into and he also knows how to ask the smart speaker how to play music that he wants it to play and I think that he just asked it to play They Might Be Giants that's what I think is going on downstairs right now and I don't know if you can hear that but if you could I wanted you to understand what you were hearing so I narrated that to you and if you can't now you know hopefully your life is more enriched because of this if you have kids these dinosaur egg things super cool you should find them and uh, get them for your kids because it's a good way to keep them focused. I'm sure if your kids are older, it wouldn't work. My kid, you know, he's four. He loves this kind of thing. So if you have kids around that age, those, you know, four, five, six, maybe seven, age, this might be a way to go. There's a similar thing I saw at Target. It's these like um, bricks that have. Uh, I'm using my fingers to do the air quote thing, gems inside them. And your kid can kind of like file away at the brick to get this, you know, like gem of some sort. And it's not nothing, you know, spectacular. It's like a quartz crystal or tiger's eye or something along those lines. But it's a good way to get your kid to, you know, focus for a little bit. And it's nice. It's nice when you can do these things. Anyways, enemies, enemies. I was talking about enemies. I was... And I was telling you about the kind of enemies that I think I might have. The kind of enemies that I think I have are the kind of enemies that want to, that respect me, they respect me and they want to keep up with what I'm doing. They want to know what course I'm on, what velocity I'm traveling at so that they can intercept me and perhaps, you know, foil my machinations. And that's what they'd be listening to this podcast. You know, this is the kind of enemy that Moriarty was to Sherlock Holmes That's the kind of enemy that I think I have. That might strike you as stupid and narcissistic, because it is. But, uh, you know, I'm the kind of person who's, you know, narcissistic enough to make a podcast like this, where I just sort of randomly tell you about the everyday stuff that's happening in my life. So, you know, I feel that having a fantasy of a Moriarty-like enemy tracks for somebody like me. That's an important thing. I, uh, I realize, as I'm listening to this, that I am modulating, I am emulating, I am attempting to copy a certain kind of style. Not completely, I don't want to totally rip somebody off, but I'm I'm definitely trying to copy the style of Joe Frank. He was a radio pioneer, he was somebody who did really interesting things with radio. I posted about him recently on my website, surplusjouissance.com. That is the place where you can go to find out about any of the things that I'm doing. If you want to do that, you should. Because if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you're interested in what I'm up to and that website is updated far more frequently than this podcast is. You can keep up with things there. So yeah, I think I'm kind of copying, emulating, ripping off, channeling the voice of Joe Frank, the style of Joe Frank in a way trying to make it similar to the way that I talk myself I'm moving things around on my desk I found a book this is a book I'm reading right now it's one of I think like several books how many books am I actually actively reading I think I'm reading at least like really actively seriously paying attention to more than a couple of pages into reading at least four books right now this is one of them this is a book called Grief Lessons, Four Plays by Euripides, and it is a new translation by Ann Carson. Ann Carson is also somebody who I have posted about recently on Surplus Trisans Projects. Again, another reason to go check out what I put there. Ann Carson is somebody who I adore. Her work is never bad. Everything she does is an 11 on a scale of 1 out of 10. Everything, 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 everything. It's all incredible. She doesn't do non-incredible things. She's one of those people who, uh, I think Susan Sontag said this about her before Susan Sontag unfortunately passed away. She said that Ann Carson was somebody, one of the few people who she would read anything that she wrote, anything she would read it. And uh, Ann Carson is also a classicist. She can read ancient Greek and Latin and the languages that the classics are written in. And she translates them, and her translations are really great. Uh, They are translations that I think really just absolutely 100% nail the attempt to be true to the original text, while at the same time not being so true that it is unintelligible to people who are used to, you know, the... Vernacular of the present, and so you know you'll you'll read this, and it's it's great. I mean, so it's just really wonderful. I think that she she might be. I, I can't read ancient Greek, so I am not qualified to make this statement. But I have read other translations of works of ancient Greece. Uh, I've read other translations of Euripides, and I can compare those translations to this one. And it is my opinion, from that standpoint that Anne Carson is the best translator of Euripides. Perhaps she is one of the best translators of ancient Greek. I don't know. You know, if you want to come to your own conclusions regarding that, you should go and get yourself a whole bunch of translations of Euripides, including the Anne Carson translation. You should read them all, and then you should uh, decide which one is your favorite. That might seem like a waste of time to you. I guarantee you it's not. Reading Euripides is absolutely never, ever Under any circumstance, a waste of time. It is a good use of your time. Always. Why? Read Euripatis. It should become apparent to you at that point. Why? It is always a good use of your time. If it's not apparent to you, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're just one of those people who's so different from me that I don't even know how to talk to you. That's what that would mean. So I'm reading this book. It was on my desk. I picked it up. I told you a little bit about it. And uh as I go through it I mark down different little passages that strike me as interesting. Let's find one, shall we? Let's see here. Life is a small thing. Go through it as sweetly as possible, day into night without pain. Time does not know how to keep our hopes safe, but flutters off on its own business. Look at me. I had fame. I did deeds. Luck stripped me bare. As a wing to the air in one day, wealth, glory, nothing is sure. You're looking at me for the last time, old friends. That is, uh, this is from the play Hercules, spelled H-E-R-A-K-L-E-S. And this is Hercules's mortal father. Hercules is one of these people who has two dads. Did you know that about him? One of his dads was a, a mortal and the other father was the god Zeus. Don't know exactly how that works, to tell you the truth. It's a little fuzzy to me, but that's the way it works In as far as I can tell. Let me tell you the name of his mortal father because I'm going to attempt, I'm going to spell it for you and I'm going to attempt to pronounce it. His uh, mortal father's name, Hercules' mortal father, his name is A-M-P-H-I-T-R-Y-O-N. Amphitherion? Amph, Amphitryon, is that how you'd say that? <laughs> Let's just shorten his name to Amp. I like that. Yeah, that's not, that 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 seems right, doesn't it? I think so. Hercules, his two dads. One dad, Zeus. The other dad, his name was Amp. That works in my head. It seems like, duh. That's obviously. what you'd call them. (laughs) Right? Uh, So that's one of the lines that was in this book that I liked. Uh, Let's see here. Another one, very short. I just highlighted this. I lack myself. Don't we all? (laughs) Don't we all? Uh, Let's see here. No one will ever make necessity not happen. Yeah. that's, that's, That's good stuff. I agree with that. I mean... It was one of those things I read that and I thought, I need to think about this. And I thought about it. Then I was like, yeah, yeah, no, make necessity not happen. Here's another one. To delay evil is a kind of cure. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's just, you know, you read it and you think that strikes the, uh, cord of truth, or at least it does for me one more despair is the mark of a bad man. Oh yeah. Oh, despair is the mark of a bad man. Isn't it just, isn't it just, so yeah, that's this book. Um, I, I thought I was going to be done reading from it, but I'm not, I'm going to read you a, uh, a little bit of a longer selection here. This is the introduction to the whole collection here. I'm going to read you Uh, just about, like, let's say two paragraphs of this, because they're a wonderful two paragraphs. Preface, tragedy, colon, a curious art form. Why does tragedy exist? Because you are full of rage. Why are you full of rage? Because you are full of grief. Ask a headhunter why he cuts off human heads. He'll say that rage impels him. And rage is born of grief. The act of severing and tossing away the victim's head enables him to throw away the anger of all his bereavements. Perhaps you think that this does not apply to you. Yet, you remember the day your wife, driving to your mother's funeral, turned left instead of right at the intersection, and you had to scream at her so loud. Other drivers turned to look. When you tore off her head and threw it out the window, they noticed. Changed gears. Drove away. Grief and rage. You need to contain that to put a frame around it where it can play itself out without you or your kin having to die. So that was one paragraph, the first paragraph, and actually just... uh, the first sentence of the second paragraph. I'm currently writing something about that, about this introduction to this collection that I'm going to be posting on surplusrecents.com hopefully soon. And uh, I'm going to really just kind of slowly read and interpret that little bit of text because I think that there's some really interesting things there. So stay tuned for that or maybe it's not really stay tuned since it's on a website. Click over and read that when it's there at some point in the future. Remember this. Remember that I'm saying this. And in the coming days, go to surplusUsounds.com and look for that thing. Look for that. All right. I've talked enough. You've heard me enough. I made this podcast. I had no notes in front of me whatsoever. This was a truly off-the-cuff kind of a thing yeah and I made it because I hadn't made one of these in quite a while because I had other things that I needed to do and I wanted to make one and so I did and now you're listening to it thank you for listening to it I appreciate that there's a lot of things you can do with your time there's a lot of things you could listen to a lot of things you could have in your ears but you had me thanks thanks friends and enemies I appreciate it having said all that I will sign off saying the thing that I always say when I sign off. Please, please, please make those glorious mistakes. Till next time.